on today's episode of 4AM Motivations, we dive deeper on the series called A Fresh Start, as we continue to understand the biggest lessons that we need to take into this new year that will push us forward, and where we'll dive deeper on today, specifically the lessons that I took of working with Tony Robbins, the good, the bad, and the things I'm continuing to use today. Enjoy. Good morning. I am Chris Mazzara, and this is 4AM Motivations, a podcast that is completely dedicated to your growth, and I'm grateful you're here. We continue today on the series called A Fresh Start. Really, this series has been based upon the idea that whatever's happened in the last year, really the last week, the last decisions that you made, don't determine how your life goes forward. No, what you do here right now, how you start today, does. The decisions you're making, the thoughts you're having, the habitual patterns that you are repeating will completely dictate and decide where your life goes moving forward. So now that we're on the 15th day of the new year, I hope you're taking advantage of it. And I hope that you are using this podcast as a way to continue to propel you forward. Now, where we dive deeper on... And really where I want to allow our focus to go is on this idea of my time working with Tony Robbins, the brilliant Tony Robbins, the one who actually created the coaching industry. And if you're not aware, that is what I do. I am a personal and professional coach. I help people achieve more growth within their businesses, their careers, or their personal lives. And where did that start? Where did I get a great foundation to my profession? was with the one who actually created the coaching industry himself. Tony Robbins back in the 80s, this brilliant young man, developed all these different concepts of how to move people forward to great levels of their life that they couldn't do on their own and helped make growth and great achievements in their life more accessible. So Tony became a coach. He created many, many companies. I think it's over 800 of them that he is a part of and owns or co-owns. And now today, I was grateful to be a part of his coaching division, his coaching business. And what the work is, you you get matched up one-on-one with people around the entire world from succeeding and very successful business owners to uh, people that are struggling, going through very problematic things in their lives to others that just want to achieve more growth and maximize on their potential. Whatever it is, every single person was different, and that's what I liked about it. It was very unique. It was very challenging. Every single person provided new opportunities not only for them to grow, but for me to grow in the process of helping them and coaching them. So it was amazing to meet people from as far as Europe to Bangladesh and then many that are as local as as South Florida and around the country. Um, But it was a great, great experience to help people using Tony Robbins' methodologies and a lot of combination and and combining a lot of the practices and teachings that you all hear that my experiences have allowed me to help people with as well. What did I learn during that time is what we're going to focus on today. My biggest lessons, my biggest takeaways from my time with Tony. Now, just to give a little bit of a preview, I won awards. I broke records during my time there, records that were set from other coaches and By records, what that means is client success, uh, how well your clients did during your time with them. And I won awards like Rookie of the Year and Top 
business and sales coach. I think the coolest one, the most recognizable one, was that I was coach of the year. For one year, I was named number one in the entire world of all the other coaches, and there's about 150 around the entire planet. So that was easily the biggest accomplishment that I probably have ever achieved in my lifetime. And it was amazing. I don't say these things in a braggadocious way. I say these things in really understanding what's possible. And I think that also carries us to our first point here. What I learned during my time with Tony is that anything is truly possible with commitment and consistency. Coach of the Year, this very prestigious award, this award that you have to work so hard to get and really have so many different things align for you to even get that far in the coaching industry. But it was possible with an extreme commitment to my routines, my habits, my clients' growth, and remaining consistent in conquering myself every single day. A lot of times what we think is that success is outside of ourselves. This idea of winning something like a big award. It's outside of ourselves. We need other people to give it to us. We need everything to align for us in order for us to have it. But that's not where it starts. Where it starts is how you are conquering yourself. Our success will be always measured by how often were you able to consistently conquer your mind, consistently wake up at the time you said you needed to, consistently get up and do the podcast like you said you would. So many different things that you know you need to do. How well did you conquer yourself? And for 365 days that year, I conquered myself. And it led to some great awards. It led to some some great achievements. And although the achievements are cool, that's not really what I was after. What I was after was the growth. I was after that different level of myself that I was still yet to find. And that's what I found. That there are levels within ourselves that we can reach. Personal levels of self-trust and self-respect that you know whatever you say you're going to do, you do. That your word matters. That your word holds weight. That when you commit to something, it's not this thing, well, when I feel like it or I hope I feel like doing it, then I will. No, no matter what is necessary, I'll get it done. Anything is possible when you are committed. Where does commitment come from? It comes from a great why. You have to get established in your why, in the purpose of what you're doing and why you're doing it. I was not coaching to merely get this trophy on my wall. I was not going just to win coach of the year, although that would be very cool and would give me a very prestigious award to hang my hat on for my business and all these cool things. Yes, that's all very cool. But what my why was, was becoming the version of me that God is calling me to become. Because I believe my potential, my future is far bigger than just a trophy. I believe God is calling me to use my voice to help people, to be on stages, to speak to crowds, to speak to people individually, whatever it is, he's calling me to be far greater so I can give far greater. When I think of that, that's the only thing I'm after. I've got a cyber truck on the background of my phone. That's not what I'm after. That will be a byproduct of what I'm going after. That will be merely the trophy that's on the wall as a byproduct of what I'm going after. The deeper that I step into the version of me that God is calling me to become, the greater the fruits of my life will be as well. The cars, the money, all that, the travels, yeah, all that will be great. But what's most important 
is that I'm stepping into the version that God is calling me to be. It's not like you do things and God gives you money. Absolutely not. But the profession I'm after, the business I'm after, yeah, I, I know that will all come as a byproduct. So number one, what's your why? Why are you doing this? It can't just be because you want to go to Italy. I think that's amazing. I want to go to Italy this year as well. What's your why underneath it? I want to know that every day I'm honoring God in my decisions. I want to know that I'm in alignment with the version of me that God is calling me to become. What about you? What are you trying to become? What's the greatest reason that is pushing you forward? What is creating your commitment? You have to be committed. Your commitment will be grounded in a very strong why, the purpose of what you're doing. Do not skip that part. Because with commitment, that strong why then creates consistency. Or at least the desire to be consistent. And what allows for consistency is every little decision that you're making every day. Every little decision that you're making is either allowing you to get more consistent or decreasing your ability to follow through. It's in every little decision. Your habits and your routines will your habits and your routines will allow you to be consistent in a manner that is sustainable to move you forward towards what you want. You have to identify your core habits and your core routines to move you forward. I am a very routine and very structured man. I know the time I wake up at. I know the time I go to bed at. I know the time I eat my lunch. I know what's happening across my life, and I just need to make sure I hit all my marks. Like an actor, I just got to hit my different marks, hit my different parts of the stage, and as long as I'm hitting those marks on time, when I said I would, meeting my deadlines, everything's going to work out. Now, I believe I have very high standards, and I hope that my standards can help others raise theirs, but I also know there's greater standards. People are doing a whole lot better than me. And I'll aspire to raise mine to meet theirs as well. But again, I know the habits, the routines that I am meeting, and I freaking meet them. I believe anything's possible with commitment and consistency. Two very big C's. Commitment in that strong Y, and then your consistency to fulfill your routines, your expectations, your deadlines, your roles, your responsibilities, and make sure you're following through. I think we all have to hang our hat on. It is not about waiting to feel like doing something. It is about doing it until you feel like doing it. How simplistic, but how important. Every single person is waiting to feel good enough to take action. And that is the furthest thing away from what creates a successful person. You have to commit. You have to show up. You have to do and allow yourself to start feeling good after. Oh, I hope this episode isn't too long. Stay with me, y'all. Number two, the second biggest lesson I learned is that although commitment and consistency and work, all these things are important, rest and recharge is as well. Rest and recharge. Wow. I never realized how important rest and recharge was until I experienced my first burnout. I experienced what I probably believe was one of the lowest, maybe lower moments of my life without the need of, of something very traumatic happening was after I won Rookie of the Year. I won Rookie of the Year um, and I was on this all-out assault to make a name for myself the first year being in the company. 
I was in this all-out assault. Every single day, every single morning, all I did was work Saturdays, Sundays. Didn't matter what day. A client want to talk at 10 p.m.? Yeah, I'll talk at 10 p.m. You want to talk at 5 a.m.? Yeah, I'll talk at 5 a.m. And I just was grinding every way. And yes, it led to me winning the award, all these things. However, whoo, December 31st hit. I grinded all year. January 1 hit. Oh my goodness. I experienced what it was like to run on fumes all year. What that feels like after. I was burnt out for the next four months. About four months, the entire Q1, I was a bad coach. I was a bad husband, a very committed gym person to my health, anything. I had lost my passion for life. Imagine what happens to a car when you've run without oil for a year. <laughs> More than likely, your radiator is going to blow. When you don't refill yourself and you're running on fumes and smoke, um, eventually you're going to burn out. You're going to die. <laughs> die is a pretty dramatic word, but you're going to die out is what I mean. And ultimately, that's what happened to me. I was not a very restful person. I'm a very uh, consistent person. I can be very focused and very driven. However, I didn't really understand balance too well back then. And this is me at about 28 years old. And boy, did I learn the greatest lesson that I ever could at that point. What I started to understand was, although we can be very, very routine and very consistent, we also need to have routines for our rest, our recharge, and our fun. So what I started to develop were that Saturdays were Sabbath days, were fun days, that every single moment was joy and enjoyment and some kind of planned activity for my wife and I. Oh my goodness, you guys have heard me talk about it. You know, drink the stouts and go enjoy the bad food. Chris, take a moment to go relax and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Because what I found was by the time Monday hit, I was no longer trying to find some kind of energy to push through. No, I was refilled. I was fueled up. I was filled with love. I was filled with joy. I was filled with memories. I was filled with great experiences and great tastes and great uh, wines and, and great joy all around, which then contributed to me moving forward in a greater capacity. So although I experienced that burnout, it taught me the greatest lesson, which was understand more balance for fun, rest, and recharge. And now I think what allowed me to then win coach of the year, which was a, a much more significant and much harder challenge and task because it wasn't one against 15 at that point. Uh, it was one against 150 around the planet. And what I believe propelled me forward was understanding that everything is connected. It's not about just this all-out assault in life towards what you want every day. It's understanding that every part of your life is connected. How great you are in your marriage is also how great you are in your business. The healthier you are in your body, the greater you're going to perform with your clients. The happier you are because of your weekends, the more joyful conversations you're going to have within your business. Everything is connected. Nothing is, is disconnected. You and your life will contribute to the success that you want professionally. And I also think it goes the opposite way as well. The more committed you are professionally, the better your personal life will be as well. I will give you a very clear and consistent example. This past week, my wife and I did amazing in the business. Man, we every single commitment that we set out, every time that we set out, I thought it was probably one of the most consistent weeks we've had since being co-owners. And it allowed for us Monday through Friday night, I mean, grinded every single moment. And then what happened was Saturday when we actually had our beach day and our fun day and our dinner day, all this cool stuff was planned. 
there was no guilt attached to it. Because of how well we did professionally, we had an amazing day off. We enjoyed it. Like we, we enjoyed it from this place of accomplishment, from this place of necessary rest. It was beautiful. I really enjoyed our entire day together. So I think the better we're doing professionally is also the better we're going to do personally as well. Not that they have to be reliant upon each other. Not like if I have a bad day in business, then I'm allowed to be a bad husband. However, the more committed I am to the business, well then, the more committed and the, the more rested, the more enjoyable, the easier to enjoy my personal life will be as well. Lesson number three. The next biggest thing that I learned during my time there was control your controllables. Control what you can control. My goodness, there can be great anxiety that comes with working with people that are in very dramatic and very high-stakes situations every single day. In any moment, you can be talking to a CEO who's losing millions or somebody who just experienced uh, and heard that their wife or husband's filing for divorce or somebody that just had a nervous breakdown and an anxiety attack. You really don't know what is going to happen every single day. But what you do need to do is control your controllables. Control the things that you can control. Rely upon the foundations and the fundamentals and the principles that you know you can control because there's so many things that are outside of our control that give us great angst, great anxiety, make things seem so much more complex, make every single problem seem much greater than it truly is. You have to then focus on, well, what part of this can I control? Example, when I have every single week my things that I need to do within marketing and networking to create a revenue within my company, right? I have different marks to hit, like I was saying with actors, right? I have different commitments, different routines, different things I need to fulfill. However, just because I do them doesn't mean customers are going to come to our company and want to give us their money. It doesn't mean all of a sudden I'm going to get this tidal wave of business. And if I start to focus too much on that part, on them, well then everything of what I'm doing can feel out of my control. It can feel like, oh my goodness, how do I even get these people here? No, what I've realized, what I have to learn, and what I have learned, I mean, is that I control my controllables. As long as I hit my marks, I, I, I do the things within my marketing every day. I do the things within my networking every day. Well then I know by controlling my controllables, the outcome will form itself. Why do I believe that? Because I believe God blesses those who do great work. Those who live righteously within him, which I believe I'm doing every day. I do my best to live within uh, the purposes and the contexts of which God wants me to live. So as long as I'm taking care of that part and then I'm handling the work side of things because God blesses those that work, work diligently, work hard, God will provide for those. So because I know I just need to control my controllables, the outcome will form itself. God will provide the business that he will provide because I am becoming the version of me that he needs me to become. I just need to step in and focus on the controllables, do everything of what I can, and then because of that, the outcome will form itself. Sometimes we can look at this kind of example across very simple parts of our life. We can feel like losing weight is this thing that's outside of ourselves that's very far. But the truth is, all you can do every day is focus on what you're eating, 
and how much you're moving and how well you're using your body. Right? You, you do those three things. You focus on the controllables. The outcome will form itself. You will lose the weight. It, it is that simple. We have to look at it across our entire life. Right? We can't necessarily wait for our wives, our spouses to, to treat us exactly how we want. We have to first control the controllables, which is how we interact with them. How much love we give them. If we're wanting love from them, the very first thing we have to do is give love to them. Every single part of your life, how do you control the controllables? How do you stop worrying about the outcome? How do you stop letting that stress you out and instead say, what about my goal can I focus on today that I can control? Focusing on my controllables help propel me forward to great success with Tony and within my business today. And I'm very grateful for my time with him. Truly, truly, truly grateful. So, Control your controllables. Number four, the next biggest tip, uh, the biggest lesson that I learned, I think is going to be very, very helpful for all of you, is that don't ever be more focused on other people's growth than you are on your own. Woo! I hope, really, people get a, a truth pill on this one. I was so focused on my clients and their growth that I started to neglect my own that is not how it works, people. A lot of times we help others, which is a beautiful thing. It's one of the purposes of life. It's what God's called us to do. But a lot of times we help others because it's easier than helping ourselves. Don't ever allow your focus to be more on helping others than you are helping yourself. If a plane is going down, even if it's a child next to you, what do they tell you to do? To put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then grab another oxygen mask and put it on the one next to you, the child. What does that mean? We have to fill ourselves up first before we fill up another. In order to give, you must first receive. You have to fill yourself up in order to pour out. So how are you developing yourself personally will absolutely influence your ability to give and help others. So don't ever neglect the order. Don't ever think that helping others is more important than helping yourself. That's always step one. They're both important. But step one is help you. Step two is help others. My goodness. That lesson right there, I hope, rings in your ears and that you keep within that forever. And then number five is also very similar. Fall in love with helping others. Absolutely fall in love with helping others. There's no greater feeling than helping somebody. My goodness, when you help somebody reach a new level within their life, that produces a fulfillment, a joy, a satisfaction in life that nothing in this world can give you. Not even when you achieve your biggest personal goals does it feel as good when you serve somebody selflessly. Fall in love with helping people. Sometimes my job would trick myself a bit, right? I, because I was being paid to help people. I'd love helping people my entire life. But now I was starting to get a little swayed more toward this idea. Well, I, I, I help people when I'm paid. And that's not the mindset I ever wanted to be in. I was a much greater coach when I loved my clients' growth, when I loved who they were becoming. And I was in love with the process of helping them become that. And actually what helped me do that and really step into that version of myself was actually serving and volunteering on the weekends, serving and volunteering selflessly where I would receive nothing. And I would do it through my church. I would do it through the community. I would do it in other aspects where it's, hey, I'm helping without any kind of price tag attached. 
And that kept me pure, that kept my mind focused, and allowed me to today have this great love for helping and moving people forward. So, you know the biggest lessons that I have taken during my time with Tony Robbins, and I'm hoping that you can take them to help you move forward as well. I know this episode was a little bit longer today. I hope you have enjoyed. I hope you've taken notes. And the biggest thing I want you to take from today, your homework, is to get deeper on your why. The purpose of what you're doing. The purpose behind what is pushing you forward. Make sure it's strong. Make sure it's compelling. And make sure that it's creating a new source of commitment within you. Until next time, my 4 AMers. Hey everyone, this is Chris Mazzara. Thanks again for joining us at 4AM Motivations. Please subscribe, rate, and share with others who you think would benefit from these words as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly on a one-on-one basis for personal or professional coaching, then please visit mazara.co and find out how. And just because you're a listener of this podcast, when you speak to one of the members from our team, let them know that 4AM Motivation sent you and you'll receive an extra 15% off. We look forward to hearing from you and supporting you on your growth journey.